<laughs> Welcome back to the Skeleton Crew's A Nightmare on Elm Street Retrospective. It's time to relive the nightmares with your hosts, Jamie Jenkins, Dave Z, and Alex Edwards. Get ready for an in-depth look into the movies that haunted your dreams since 1984. So put down that coffee and toss that bottle of Hypnosil. <laughs> if you think you'll get out of this retrospective alive, you must be dreaming. <laughs> What's up, guys? It is the Skeleton Crew, and we are back. This is our Nightmare on Elm Street retrospective, where we go through every single Nightmare on Elm Street movie for June and July this summer. That's what we're doing this summer, guys. So this is Alex, and uh, something's trying to get inside my body, and I'm here trying to get some sleep with Jamie Jenkins. What's up, Jamie? Screw sleep! Yes, yes, sleep will kill you. Now it's time to sit down with my main man, Dave Z. What's up, Dave? Well, fuck you, Will! Fuck you! You sit down! Uh, Alright, I'll sit down, sure. And last but not least, it's slumber party time with Michael J. How's this for a wet dream? Well, those are the only ones I remember, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> so we're excited here, guys. It is the eight weeks of A Nightmare on Elm Street. Like I said, for all of June and July, we are going to release one show a week for eight straight weeks for eight movies. A demonic force has chosen Fred Krueger as its portal to the real world. Can Heather play the part of Nancy one last time and trap the evil trying to enter our world? The Serpent and the Rainbow. The people under the stairs. Last house on the left. A nightmare on Elm Street. Wes Craven, the master of horror, returns at last with a frightening new twist on terror. <laughs> Wes Craven's new nightmare, rated R, starts Friday, October 14th. Welcome to prime time, bitch! You are all my children now. Wow, guys, we are getting to the end of this retrospective. That is so exciting. Everyone's dying to hear the remake review, so that's going to be a big deal. But before we get to that, we are tackling Wes Craven's New Nightmare. This is a very different type of Nightmare on Elm Street movie. I guess technically it's not even a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. But uh, this came out in 1994. Now here's the question, guys. Freddy's Dead came out in 1991. Freddy was played out by the time Part 4 was over with. 
five was like, okay, we've had enough. Six, you're you know beating this dead horse into the ground. Because they all came out pretty quick, too. Somehow Jason could pull that off, but Freddy, not so much. You know, Wes Craven wanted to kind of mend this whole thing in a way. Sort of make this as an apology to fans and to give them what they may have wanted in part four, five, and six. You know, something good again and creative and fresh. So the question is, you know, this Freddy thing has gotten beaten into the, you know, he was on TV, Freddy's Nightmares, call Freddy to say happy birthday, so he could say happy birthday, bitch, and all that type of stuff. Now, would you have made this movie so soon and in almost in the midst of this whole Freddy thing to begin with, uh, since it was only three years later it was released? I think it was good timing because it was the 10th anniversary of the original one. So that was more key than the distance from the last one. I think so. Plus, I think three years is a good chunk of time. You know, and when you pair that with it then being the anniversary, I think that it's okay. Well, you know what the difference was for me? Because I saw this in the theater, and um, I had seen the previous one in the theater. God forbid. Um, but what the what made the difference for me was that this was Wes Craven again. And that made me want to see it regardless of anything that had happened before regardless of how long of a time there had been when i saw that wes craven's name was attached to it i it was like hitting the reset button like i just didn't care anymore i wanted to see it and i think i told you guys this story before when i went to go see this in the theater it was the part when the new line emblem came up there was a little kid in the theater he was probably like seven or eight and he goes, Teenage Ninja Turtles. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, oh, no, kid. <laughs> that's, that's awesome because I think that every time I see it. Because that was such a vivid memory to me when that new line came out. And then it said, and I was just way, like, that was such an image in my mind. So definitely, and then I'm 35, so as a kid, oh, absolutely, that's what you think. Sure, definitely, that's awesome that that happened. Um, so real quick, the people in this movie, Heather Lankenkamp is herself. Uh, Miko Hughes, the face of horror for children, is Dylan, that's her son. Uh, Wes Craven was Wes Craven. Marianne Medellia was Ma Marianne Medellia. Robert England was Robert England. Uh, John Saxon? Yeah, John Saxon came back. That was uh, Nancy's father in part one. He came back as himself. And uh, Lynn Shea actually uh, showed up again as a, a pill-pushing nurse. And uh, Tracy Mittendorf. Or yeah. Who's that? She was the chick from 90210. She played Oh, the... yeah, D Steve's uh, little whore. Yeah, 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 the actress that she was crazy, um, <laughs> but she was uh, going against um, Brenda for Maggie, the part of Maggie the Cat in the college. Yes, play, uh, wow, you're good. I, oh, don't don't test me on some nine hundred two one zero. Now, uh, this movie, the uh, the point of it is that <sighs> Wes Craven created an idea where. He made a movie based on the notion that Freddy Krueger was based off of Wes Craven's own nightmares. So he made movies about Freddy 
and therefore that's how he, I guess, got him out of his subconscious and put it into reality, so it kind of freed him from this nightmare. Okay, the way he put it is that as long as, and this, and he, and as far as Wes Craven said, this goes back, you know, millennia, that as the, the point of telling stories is to keep the creatures and, and the monsters trapped inside the story. And as long as the story is being told, the monster is kept at bay inside the story but when you stop telling the story then they can come then they can come out into the real world so that's what freddy was doing here since the stories were no longer being told because freddy was killed off in the movies then the freddy of his nightmares was like the real monster was starting to work his way out okay so what do you guys think of that was this uh the right direction is this the you know, we can. There's a million ways to go, but is this a great way to go? I love, I love everything about this. To me, this is exactly what needed to happen. I love that Wes Craven came back. He made him scary again. He made him dark. Uh, I think the script was really smart and interesting, like a blend of. I mean, when I was watching this too for the first time, it was. I was like, how much of this is, like, really is? You know, was she? really married to a special effects guy and yeah she was it turns out that heather langenkamp really was married to a special effects guy so that's kind of cool um and i thought it was a, just a really neat way to blend fiction and reality and uh come out with a really cool story on the other side i also really love the look of freddie here like a lot of people complain about like his leather pants and his trench coat and I love the stylized look of Freddy from everything from his trench coat to his like his fight. I love the green hat. I love the five finger glove. Um, I, Shit, I, love- I didn't realize he had a five finger glove. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And on the wow. side, he would still gas to make money. Um, <laughs> I also love the, the look of his face where it's like peeled away and you see the muscle beneath Except I wish that they had like slicked up the muscle parts because or to give it to give it a little bit of texture or, or you know, a little difference in texture because it the whole thing looks really dry, which makes it look rubber. Um so I wish that there had been like when you like when you see the exposed muscle that those had been kind of slick and slimy. I think that would have been better. But for the overall design, I really like it. I think it's different enough from the Freddy that we were used to to sort of distinguish this as a as a different Freddy, like this is the real Freddy as far as the movie was concerned. But it was similar enough so that you could see where Wes would have these nightmares and then translate this into what we got on screen. You know, um, I just, I am freaking crazy about this movie. I, I love it a lot. Yeah, I didn't like the glove uh, with the bones and muscles and then the curvy nails. I didn't like that. I definitely didn't like the five finger thing. I didn't like the hat that much. It was just a little odd looking. And uh, the rest I was okay with. The face, yeah, they should have shined up the muscle. Uh, the trench coat, I don't care about that, I guess. He didn't have it in every scene, so. I have a question for Dave. All right. Uh, Dave, you made a statement, I think it was when you were watching the movie, that this wasn't at all what you how you remembered it to be. Was that in a good way or a bad way? <laughs> that was in a bad way. Oh! Oh, no! Yeah. That. This is the 
third time I've seen it. Fight, fight, fight. <laughs> I've seen it. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm glad that they went away from what they were doing with 4 through 6, yes, because it was just got, got utterly ridiculous. If they were going to bring it back, conceptually, a fucking magnificent idea. Very, I, I love the setup. I love the first 15 minutes, where we're going with it. That shit's great. Uh, as far as the look of Freddy, I have no problem with it. I love the makeup. Uh, I could, whatever, the trench coat and the green hat can just, uh, keep, take it or leave it. It doesn't matter to me, but the makeup looks good. But like I said, I've seen it three times. The first time I saw it was a few years after it came out. And then I watched it again five years ago. And then I watched it again for this. I fucking, uh, here's why, <laughs> this, this is the revealer here. I never, ever fall asleep. And what I mean by, <laughs> what I mean by that is, I have to go to sleep. I'm not the type of person that has ever been sitting there watching TV and passed out. Even being inebriated on different substances, I've never passed out. Nothing. I have to lay down, go into my bed, unwind for at least five minutes of thoughts and go to sleep because my mind's always going blah, 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 blah. So anyway, last night I'm watching this movie and I'm an hour into it and I got, and it was only like midnight and I've been staying up till like one. I got so fucking tired after an hour into it. I laid down on a pillow and I fucking fell asleep. I woke up at 4.30. I had to finish it today. <laughs> I got, apparently I got bored with fucking, well, because that's never happened to me. I don't fall asleep. <laughs> so I'll, I'll just start off by saying that. I was, um, I, I remember looking back on it fondly and saying it was a great, they went away. They went away. It was cool. I liked the whole idea of the real world and, and Wes and Heather and that whole thing. Great. Um, what struck me the most as being fucked up was this time was how annoying the kid was. Oh, he would do it. Who's worse, him or Jesse with the screaming? It was too fucking loud. I was lowering it because my wife was in the other room asleep. I was like, what the fuck, this kid? And how many times can you scream throughout a movie? And why would you not take him? If my daughter did that one fucking time in her life, one, I would be at the fucking, probably the the emergency room that night. I would not wait until fucking further episodes came on and came out. Yeah, and, and not even ever lock his bedroom door. The kid's just wandering around the fucking house and the, he's grabbing not the knife drawer and all that shit. Like, forget, like, picking things apart. It's odd that she didn't do anything about it in any way, shape, or form. I don't recall her even mentioning that he sleepwalks until fucking much later on in the movie. Yeah, he sleepwalks, you idiot. Why didn't they elaborate on that earlier on in the yeah. movie? It would have made a little more sense as to why he was down there watching the original Nightmare on Elm Street, etc. Yeah, I agree with that. That came out of nowhere, and she was kind of bitchy about it when the doctor doesn't know that just without you telling him. I mean, how is she going to know? It's like, she sleepwalks, you idiot. Well, how the fuck was I supposed I'm to know? I'm the Halloween fanatic, you moron. <laughs> Don't you know that? You didn't tell me that. Oh. Well, everybody knows that who talks to me. They know they're going to talk about Halloween. <laughs> he has the same thought process as Heather Langenkamp. I don't I don't <laughs> have to tell you anything. You should just know, you idiot. <laughs> um which by the way, Heather, I think looks beautiful in this film. Yeah, this she looks is good. The, this she is like the, the best I think she's ever looked. I would bang her here. Remember how she was too moly and bushy before? Yeah. Now I'd bang her. <laughs> she's more moly now. You get more moly as you yeah, get older. Yeah, but I think she got him removed because she got that she got that rich bitch money, man. Yeah. I disagree <laughs> with she's... that. 
She's really pretty, I think, in this film. And I did like the earthquake theme because it takes us back to part one where Tina says, maybe there's an earthquake coming. They say that things get really weird before. That's so, true. That's a good that's point. That's weird. And you know that like that news footage of the earthquake was real earthquake footage because during the production of this movie there was an earthquake, and they had they, he sent out he sent out B roll to, to get actual earthquake footage so he could use it in the movie, which is badass. Yeah, it looked high budget, man. Yeah, I mean that it's like goddamn, we didn't have to do anything, and, and we've got real earthquake footage, which I thought was really kind of. Serendipitous. I mean, you know, uh, you, you never really want to have a damaging earthquake like that. But I mean, in, at least if you're going to be able to use it for your advantage. Yeah, but Matt said that was bound to happen, that people would make an earthquake movie and then there'd be an earthquake <laughs> at the same time. He said, of course, how many earthquake movies are there and how many earthquakes are there? It's just going to matter of time. So so he's not impressed by that. Uh, well, he's impressed by very little. But I just thought it, it worked out well as far as timing goes, you know. So that was cool that they got to use that. But why the earthquakes? Why does it keep happening? This movie is just... It's just fucking confusing, this movie. Again, from part four on, this series is just one ball of confusion after a fucking another... You know, and this... They do it worse in this movie just like they do in four through six. You don't know when people are asleep, when they're awake. Why Why the fuck is, is Nancy in the same dream with her son? Who's pulling who in? It's another fucking clusterfuck. And I wish it wasn't. But this is, I'm watching this movie and and fondly thinking, and and my memories are fond that this was better. And as I'm going through this movie, I'm like, what the fuck? This is the same old shit. Nothing is explained. It's just complicated. I I don't get it. Which which part are you talking about? Because at the end, she actually does go, she goes to sleep. Are you talking about when she takes the sleeping pills? No, the, the funeral scene, I think he means. No, no, the funeral scene's fine. She fell asleep and dressed because the earthquake came, right? And then she fell and hit her yeah, head. Yeah. Her head. Yeah. That I'm was hilarious. Ten. She falls into the fucking coffin. It was fucking great. Yeah, that was good. No, I'm talking about the end. Just because she takes a pill and goes to sleep, that allows her to be in the same dream with her son? Where the fuck is this coming from? Well, I guess in that situation, I guess it's because of the Freddy is the link. You know, I... I the reason I don't give it as much shit as I do the ones before is because this is supposed to be a completely different thing. Like, this isn't the Freddy of the movies, so it doesn't have to follow the rules that were established I agree with that. in the film. You know, this is this is a whole – this is a reality kind of thing versus the, the film Freddy kind of thing. And um, I, I'm guessing that because – that Freddy was the link there, that because he the kid was already there with Freddy – that when she went in there, like in his bed, that's where he was coming from, and, and and dude, I don't know. I'm trying, I'm trying really hard, but I don't. No, Jamie, you don't have to say anything. Besides, it's different. I, it's different, so I give it a pass. Right. I guess is what I'm saying. Screw I'm... your pass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, which she she resurrected that line um, when she was yes, in the hospital, and and which was great. I like that. And she said, "Don't fall asleep again." In and... mm-hmm. There was callbacks, and I, like I said, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate the, con- the phone conceptually, tongue. the idea. Yes, it was a little bit of a love letter to part one, almost like an H2O was later on. You know? Wait, dude, check it out. I, when, before we move on from there, every time she, she lifted the, the sheet of the bed, there was another pill there. I know somebody who was dying to get that bed. 
<laughs> and I'm thinking, and she t- she kept taking them. I'm like, I realize that those are children's doses, but I think two would probably do you. You know, it's like, are you trying to, you trying to go to sleep, or are you trying to commit suicide? What do you, <laughs> what are you doing? I need ninety milligrams before I go. I also really like the callback to the like where Tina got killed in the first film and the being dragged all over the ceiling. Um, I like that they use that again because. It's kind of like well, the way I look at it in this particular movie is that Nancy is being faced in reality with what she witnessed in the film. So it's like the the film, the history of her history of being in the films is coming back to haunt her with all of this. But so she didn't see that. She didn't see it, but she saw the aftermath. You know, like when she came she in, looked at the uh, ceiling the, and there's blood. She yeah. looked at the ceiling and saw the blood everywhere, and right. then she saw the dead babysitter. Which, by the way, that whole scene. When they gave the kid the the uh, the shot, and then that one nurse who had a really fucking bad day because everybody kept beating her up, um, and then uh, when the when the babysitter's like, I know what's in this, I, I know what's in yours. Do you have any idea what's in this one? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It was interesting. It was, uh, I mean, not to Dave, but well, I, I, that's why I don't give it a pass. If this is supposed to be more like real life. That it's not a movie. That it should, there should be some sense made. Well, that's where, I, that's where it, I'm on the other side of the fence. It's a hybrid, though. He admits that it's a movie at the end. She, he, she's and that makes no sense when they come out at the end. The script's already written. What the fuck is that? How could that be? If Wes already wrote the script, it's just way too fucking confusing. And that just, I think people look at this movie. And I, I understand the fucking the novelty of it. This whole thing is a novelty. It's smart, but it trips up still, you think. But it's not even smart. I think people just fucking because it's so complicated, they think it's cool. It's no, like, I think it I think it really is smart. I mean I I think that um and I'm not one of those people who's like, Well, I don't get it. It's over my head, so it must be smart. You know, no, I <laughs> I <laughs> I think it actually is smart, you know, that that what Wes did as far as how can I how can I do another nightmare and make it different it basically get rid of all the crap that had come before and kind of like what kind of like what H2O did <laughs> but here's the difference Wes created a, a, a plane that you could jump on that removes itself from the crap H2O simply chose to ignore it well, that's true. So it's so different. I mean, I, I totally agree with that. It's um, it's he his was he basically created another reality. And even though it's supposed to be real life, it still is a movie, and it still is at its at its essence, it is a monster movie. So there are it still doesn't have to completely adhere to real life rules because it is a movie. Yeah. So you're still giving it that suspension of disbelief. Right. Like you would in the other monster movie. Yeah. I just don't get why they would be in the same dream together. That just bothered because we've already been, I've already been, all of us have been pissed off at the last couple of movies because randomly someone goes to sleep and, oh, they're in the same dream as this person. And now they did it again. I just, conceptually, great idea. Yeah, they had to go somewhere else. And on paper, yes, great. And I, I think it tries to be intelligent, but, but to me... It just failed. It just, there wasn't enough explanation and it was just. 
Well, Dave, how do you have a problem with that, but you don't care about Freddy's claw picking the kid up in traffic and a hundred Freddy's running over to the gate or whatever? Who says I don't? That that whole situation is fucked. And how does he, how do they not get hit? You see how many cars were, this is fucking <laughs> California where traffic is a motherfucker. And these guys are running through cars like they're fucking Frogger or something. Nobody can hit them. That's another thing. There's just, I don't get it. And how about when Dylan, what... That little fucking boy is watching Kelly, or not, I call her Kelly because she reminds me of 90210 Kelly, but the, the, the hot babysitter chick. Hot. He's watching her. Yeah, I think she's hot. <laughs> he's watching her. I don't know if he's dreaming, she's fucking dreaming. All of a sudden, they're sitting there, and he's throwing her around the room, and other people, doctors, come in and see it. They see this is happening, and she's getting thrown around like Tina was in part one Tina, in a matter Tina. of speaking. <laughs> Tina! How does that happen? Why does that happen? And why do the fucking doctors do nothing about it? It's just thrown fuck. It's a they just did shit for the sake of doing it. He, the kid wasn't even asleep. Why would he be seeing that? Yeah, he, yeah. Remember she got the shot. Remember she said, "Stay awake, Dylan. Stay awake." And then as soon as I guess he fell asleep, he goes, "Look behind you." Wait, but how would she hear that? Though? But why would? Okay, if he fell asleep, why would it affect well, we're, her? We're right. That makes that. Oh, we can't keep saying this without a sentence. I'm sorry, but it doesn't. This movie does not make sense. And I thought of the same thing when I was watching it, too. But I guess I just... What was Wes Craven thinking of? That I don't know. How could he do that? How come he didn't go, well, okay, so I'm going to make this kid fall asleep. Whole look at her. So whole dream about Freddy doing this to her, and it will literally happen in real life, and nurses who are awake will see it also? Like, I don't even understand it. And it's like we keep on trying to make sense of this. And I think the truth is, man, we just have we just have to say if we liked watching it or not. Because I don't think you can make sense. And it's weird. Yes, you can make sense of all this. Go to sleep and run away from Freddy in your dreams. That's all you have to do. But for some reason, nobody wants to do that. None right. of these movies want to do that. Everybody wants to make it more complicated than it needs to be. Right. It's kind of like, how hard is it to make the book I Am Legend into a movie? There have been three different versions of that in film form, and none of them got it right. How hard is it? Just make the goddamn book. So how hard is it to do this? Just just if you go to sleep, he comes after you. The end. That's all there is to it. You don't have to make it more complicated than that. You know, I get that. I do. Um, and when I was watching it this time, I was thinking the exact same thing, um, that eh, it just doesn't make any sense. And then, but that's all we keep saying about it because what the but, fuck, yeah. but here's, I'm now I'm dying to see the remake. Cause I want to know where they go there. Do they let the goddamn kids fall asleep and, and go through this or are we doing the same shit there? And I'm, and I, I'm so far removed from it. I saw it maybe two times years ago. And I don't know. So I'm excited to find out. Well, maybe that right there, if they are able to, and I actually haven't, it's been not that long since I watched it last, but I can't remember that much of a detail of it. But if, in fact, they do adhere better to that rule than some of the later sequels, then how can you not say it's better? I'm going to give it more points if it does do that. I would think so. Yeah, fuck it. I mean, I don't. I don't care to jump on the I hate it bandwagon. I'm not that passionate about it either way. I do remember I don't like it, but... Oh, I don't hate it, and I'm looking forward to it. And this movie here, I like the fact that Carpenter... Carpenter? That Craven is taking it somewhere else because it had to go somewhere else. 
I think he dropped the ball. He was smart by saying we're going to do something different and we're going to make real life and I'm going to play myself and John Saxon and great, great idea, great fucking buildup. And then just for me, it just all fell apart. I just, I wish it didn't. Yeah, but you know how it is, dude. When we watch movies for review, it's so different. Look what happened to Pet Cemetery. That was one of our favorite movies, and that fucker completely fell apart when we reviewed it. Like, it was yeah. like nothing was normal in that. Like, that is the most flawed movie on the planet. And did you ever realize that before? No. Great intro with the fucking the, the FX guys and Freddy's new yeah. glove and it's a tech. It becomes too painfully obvious. Oh, wow, this, there's no way this is happening. Yeah, right. And it's, they overplayed that hand, I think. Uh, they could have done that a little different, but whatever. But just because I was talking about her husband. So he's driving home, and he's suffering from the same fucking thing <laughs> that we've seen for four movies now. For no reason, this guy, what's his name, Dan, is fucking driving Chase. on the way. Oh. <laughs> what is it? Dane. Chase. Chase. Oh, his name is Chase. Dan, Chase. What? What's the fucking difference? Okay. All well, right. Then- I thought that's why you said that. Uh, <laughs> his name is Dan Chase? No, his name is Chase. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Hey, wait, um, didn't he throw up when he was driving? Chase, <laughs> Chase Porter is his name. Chase Quarter? Porter! <laughs> quarter. He's broke. I gotta chase a quarter. Okay. But he falls asleep. Really? He does this every day. I'm sorry, Alex. What? I just... He was driving three hours. It was a three-hour drive. I think it's believable that he He does it every day of his life. He doesn't always go to the same place. He's a special effects guy. They go all over the place. How long has he been working on this fucking thing with Wes Craven and Freddy's glove? They said at least a month, maybe two. Well, maybe it finally caught up to him then. That three-hour drive kicked his ass finally. (laughs) I don't know. I don't find it unbelievable that he would nod off driving. That happens all the time. I guess Dave is saying that how is it in all these Elm Street movies and nobody could stay awake driving, but in every other movie we watch, they all seem to be doing it pretty well. Well, I mean, I guess that's true, too, but then, um, you know, I I don't know. I think this was a believable situation. It would have been if we didn't see it four times already. <laughs> Did anyone think that Dylan was Freddy? It came out later on in the fucking story as it unfolded. But when he woke up and he was talking and he said something in that terrible fucking voice, did you guys know that he was supposed to be Freddy? Or am I just stupid? Never sleep again. Yeah, he wakes up and says something like that. Yeah, Yeah, I assumed it was supposed to be his Freddy voice. Well, I didn't think he was actually Freddy was in him and like the way he was with Jesse, but... I just don't understand why that even happens. But hear about this... Behind the scenes, we learned in the documentary the most screwed up story I've ever heard in my life. The kid, the kid's parents went to Wes Craven and they go, you know, we uh, we we do have a little secret to make him cry, you know, if, if you need him to cry. Yeah. And he goes, mm-hmm. oh, okay. And so what they this is the most bizarre thing I've ever heard in my life. So they're both parents, you know, are on set. The mom leaves the set, and the dad comes back and says, uh, whatever is Mika, um, your mom died. Yeah, I saw. That. And I'm I'm sitting there like, what the <laughs> fuck? Oh, Wes, we have a little secret that we do. Like, like it's gonna be some uh, personal thing, but it's just a general thing. Hey, that you can say to anybody, a- any kid in the world, and say, hey, your mom died. Like, I thought you were gonna say, oh, I we we could flick him uh, on his wrist, and all of a sudden he starts crying, or we could <laughs> pinch his ear and he starts crying. No, we tell him his fucking mother died. Well, how many times does that kid fall for that in his acting career? Right! (laughs) (laughs) 
Really? How many times could it? It's like the boy who cried wolf. I think he right. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, one day, one day, she really is going to die. They're going to come and tell him that. He's going to be like, fuck you. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, wow, wow, wow. Get the fuck out of my face. Like, who, who, how do you even discover this? And how do you say, well, we'll keep doing this to him? Yeah, how could you as a parent do that to your child anyway? Even, uh, you know, even if it's later revealed, oh, we're just kidding. She's not. I mean, that is a horrible thing. I just, yeah, that is so bizarre. Just me. Never. I would never do that to my daughter. As a matter of fact, I would... No, nah, I'm not going to say it. I, I, I would never say that to my daughter about her mother. Yeah, you you would. She'd probably do backflips. <laughs> I would be doing backflips, but I love my daughter so much she's still alive. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, how about Freddie prank calling? So he has her phone number, and, and then how about the one part where they do this phone gag, and then... Uh, yeah, the tongue happens, and then the kid starts foaming out of his mouth like a, a rabid dog, and then the phone starts foaming. Foaming, yeah. That was just all over though. I was like, my favorite call is when like the first it, when it happens twice in a row, and she picks up the phone. It's like one, two, and then she hangs up, and then it rings again. And it's like Freddie's coming for you. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna get that out before you hang up on me again. <laughs> <laughs> Freddie knows, like this demon from the the dream world knows. <laughs> That the person will want to hang up very fast, so he's going to get that out. Now, is that? Do you guys think it actually is Freddy doing that, or does, is it a stalker that just happens to coincide with all of the stuff going on? I say stalker. I don't think it's Freddy. I'll say stalker to make this make more sense. I mean, I think. I mean, she's already. I think it's just one more thing to ha- unravel her. You know, I mean, there have been all of these earthquakes. She's got these phone calls from this stalker. Her husband gets killed. And then to me, because Wes makes a point at, uh, to say that Freddie will attack her when she's most vulnerable. So I think or he will come he will come out when she is vulnerable. So I think that it's just one more thing to unravel her and make her like bring her to her weakest point. Like at that time in her life, she as she is the most mentally unstable that she's probably ever been with everything. I mean, her nerves are just shattered with everything going on. And I think it was just one more thing to make her an easy victim for him, you know, or make her an open doorway for him, you know. Unravel the bitch. Anybody wonder why the babysitter is in the fucking front row for the fucking dude's funeral? Well, because she's holding on to the kid. I mean, I, I was a nanny for a long time, and I... Now, I don't, I've never went to a funeral with the family, but anytime anything was family oriented, if family, like the whole family had to be there, I was right there wherever the kid was. Yeah, actually, Dave, you don't know this. This is a little behind the scenes information. There were actually, uh, Nancy had to go to six funerals that month, and the, ba- the babysitter <laughs> was there every time. <laughs> the other thing you don't know is that uh, the babysitter was banging Chase, so it made sense. Oh, yep. yeah, I can see that. Little in fact. No, don't sully his memory, poor chick. <laughs> oh, man. So how about the big highlight of this movie? The big talk show scene where Freddy comes out and yucks it up with all his fans uh, in full Freddy makeup. It's cool. I love that, too. I think that was a really fun way to show us the difference between movie Freddy versus this Freddy. And... To see exactly, I mean, if you look at it, like, I thought, this is what I said to Brian when we were watching, I'm like, that was a perfect parallel to how it was in real life. I mean, to how Freddie had, like, to what he'd become. 
what he really was. He was just, he was, uh, you know, he was hamming it up. And that's what he really was at that time. And so I thought that was a really cool portrayal. And um, Heather Langenkamp even says (laughs) during the interview, like when uh, Never Sleep Again, she talks about how that would that's that'd be how it was whenever they went on a yeah. on a show or anything like he'd be signing autographs and everything and she's just you know, like waiting off to the side waiting for him one more character i want to bring up and that's the doctor lynn shay no she's the nurse yeah, she was cool oh, oh, um, oh that fucking bitch oh god yeah she was a bitch but i love the scene Fuck. where she gets the glove or in the dream oh, so and she's weird. like let's cut the evil out of him I really like that. that was so but she's such a bitch. Oh, I hate. She's so suspicious. What? Because you have a bunch of cuts on your arms and your kids flipping out, and you you were in horror movies. That's a big deal now. I think, and and I really it really bothers me that Nancy doesn't say no. In fact, I don't let him watch my movies. You nosy bitch. Yeah, she's so vague about it. All she says is. All kids know who Freddie is, but I would have been like, no, I don't. And hell, I might even have made something up. Like kids at school know who I am. So they tell him about him, but he is never exposed to that stuff at my house. You know, because she's very careful not to let him see them. Do you let your son watch these movies? Which, you know, I would. Um, would you? Seriously, how old is that kid at this point? Um, set Seven or eight? I don't think he's that old. He'd maybe five or six. Okay, you would let, if you were Nancy in real life, you would let your kid watch Freddy Krueger and Nightmare Guy at five? Yeah, because the fact that his mother is right there. I mean, there's no better way to teach him the difference between reality and fiction. Yeah, but I'll say, Mommy, look what happened to you when you were a kid. And say, you know, it didn't really happen. It's all make-believe. And that, No, then he'll say, I'm looking at it happening. What do you mean it's not happening? When I was a kid, I was, I mean, when I was that age, I was already watching horror movies. I don't, I, and look at me now, I'm. You're fucked up. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, I am pretty fucked up. Never mind. That's a bit. <laughs> Fifty-seven cats. But wait, Christ remember sake. when we and when remember when we interviewed Felissa Rose, and she was talking about how when she was growing up on movie sets and stuff, and then or and her kids were growing up on movie sets that she, it ended up being a really good thing, you know that they it it ended up being a good way for them to be able to distinguish fantasy from reality is to actually expose them to it. And so if you watch it with him and go, hey, look, see, there's mommy. None of this is obviously none of this is happening. This is all make believe. I think Dylan's a serial killer right now. He's fucked up that kid anyway. The whole movie's a fucking, I don't know, something's wrong with that kid. How about, I like the little touches, you know, if we want to get, not that we're going to challenge it again, but Freddy cuts his dinosaur and it's cut in real life. And then her sheets were cut in real life. All callbacks to the first one. Did anybody else cry when Rex got cut? No. Oh. No, fuck Rex. I did. Oh, fuck Rex. Poor little Rex. Yeah, but Rex looks like the kind of dinosaur that you just find at Universal Studios in those shitty stores where they sell anything. Like, Yeah, yeah, but... Generic. It was just a generic dinosaur. Rex was his guard, and Rex gave his life for him, so I cried. So there. (laughs) I'll give you that Rex was a guard. Okay, that's fine. I, I, initially, I thought he was kind of old to be carrying around that fucking thing, but I guess not. Right. And he no. he gave life. I mean, I'm just at the end of the movie. I'm all I'm always going. 
But could they put him back together again? Because at the very end, he's all ripped to shreds. You know, his stuffing's all out oh, and everything. Yeah. And I just, I get really, really upset by that. No, he died. He died in this movie. Oh. Uh, uh, Freddy's glove comes... They do CGI for the first time, I believe, in a Freddy movie. Besides those dream demons, I think those, I think those were CGI. Yes, and shitty. Yeah, those look like the crocodiles in the eraser. <laughs> they uh, do CGI where it's like Chase's seat is liquid, and then Freddy's... I think that's really cool. Um, I think it's very smooth, you know, that it was a good job. No, it's good. As far as I think. Especially yeah. CGI in those days. I'm not picking right. that apart. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah. And I, I love it when she goes to the morgue and she's like, what? And she throws up and then and he's like, well. throw up scene ever. Oh, God, that was terrible. Oh, no. What was even worse than that was when the cops told her that he'd been in an accident and she's like, is he? <laughs> oh, God. Is he her? And they're like, it's worse than that, ma'am. And like, he's, five minutes later. Is he dead? Is he, and then is he dead? she gets this face, and, and it's supposed to be like a cry. And I'm like, that is so not real. I mean, it's yeah. the worst thing ever. Yeah. She's also fucking Johnny Depp, sure. <laughs> terrible. Please. She's not good at relationships. Anyway, when she's at the morgue, and he's like, that's why we don't usually lower the sheet. <laughs> I started <Yeah>. laughing. <laughs> but why are they Why are they putting a moment of levity in a fucking scene like that? Like, that's the weirdest time to do it. Like, can we... Yeah, that's true. Can, how about we feel sad? You know, it's just so funny. She's like, lower. And he's like, okay, I'll keep pulling the sheet down. She's like, he looks like he was slashed. He goes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. That, the, we we get that the four slash marks going uh, three feet down a body in every car accident. Like, yeah. like what at the corner or anybody like the people who who do those autopsies? Wouldn't they completely examine and figure out what the like? Isn't it a big deal how people die? Yeah, typically. And yes. if you and his answer to that was, well, the car was really mangled. Well, then don't you think he'd have more injuries than just those four <laughs> slash marks? And what would have made those four slash marks? You're not being a very good pathologist here, sir. No, he has, like, no interest <laughs> to look any further into how he may have died. Yep, car accident. Yeah, car accident. Oh, he was in a car when he died, so it just, a hey, macho man just was in a car accident. No, we found out he had a heart attack. You know, you, you, you look a little deeper into these things. It's just so... Well... If four razor slices can appear in him, uh, they also appear in a house after an earthquake on a wall. Yeah, right. So why not? <laughs> because it's Freddy. Which, Brian's line. <laughs> but which, according to Wes Craven, was a direct, and I love this, was a direct callback to, to Roman Polanski's repulsion. Because in the beginning of that film, there is an earthquake and uh, um, the woman's walls start to crack pretty similar to that it's not exactly the same because he did give it that freddy swipe look but that's exactly why he did that it was it was specifically a nod to the polanski film which i thought is really cool that is kind of cool but it doesn't make a whole lot of sense here but you know if you know why he did it i think it's a little bit more allowable and if you know roman polanski you'd wonder why you do anything for him Oh, wow. Well, I, I, man, I have to, <laughs> I have to separate the dude's personal life from his filmmaking life. I can't help it. Just like I like Jeepers Creepers too, <laughs> and I like Clown House, <laughs> and you I like, like Dave. Yeah, right. And apparently, I'm a, I'm a pedophile too now. So. PH virus. <laughs> yeah. And he hugs his been, daughter. I have. Yeah, I've been condemned. Weirdo. So, yep, I'm weird as fuck. But 
Back to puking. I think there was a worse puking incident in this movie than Nancy's. How about when fucking Dylan exorcist pukes all over his mother for oh, no fucking reason? God. Oh my god, that was bad. <laughs> Terrible. Why? <laughs> Why? I don't know. Well, that was in the dream, wasn't it? Wait, wasn't that all the souls coming out and it put a hole in her? <laughs> oh, wrong movie. <laughs> I know it was a dream late because they start strapping her to the chair and that's when the woman comes in and she's going to cut the evil out of him. So I thought that was all part of the dream, the puke too. I don't know. I was so confused in the second half of this movie. I, I couldn't tell you fucking what way was up. I don't know. I think it was all part of the same dream and that's why. Because it doesn't make any sense otherwise. No. I thought it was crazy. Uh, it It actually didn't, they didn't execute it very well. With the shots, you didn't get the magnitude of Dylan being on top of the, uh, in the playground, on top of that, uh, whatever that thing is. Mm-hmm. The rocket thing? Yeah, the rocket. I felt, in my memory, it was crazier, but when they shot it, the, the, the angle of some of them just is just too close, and I couldn't get the craziness of it, but sometimes I did. So Dylan goes to commit suicide because... God wanted him, and then God didn't want him. He wouldn't take him or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) And he, like, falls off of this thing. (laughs) And the best part about it is that Nancy's trying to convince – or Nancy. Heather Lankenkamp is trying to convince her fake dad that Dylan's all screwed up. And and then the line right before this kid, uh, when they notice him, he's like, "Eh, Dylan's fine. Listen. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So they turn around, they look up. Yeah, he's just completely uh, all together. Uh, and he jumps, I guess, off this thing. And Nancy catches him, which one of them would be messed up yeah. after that. His neck his neck would have just jerked and, like, just, there's no way. I don't know. I just... But why? Why would they, would Freddie would make him do that? What does that have anything to do with Freddie? I don't, I don't get it. I don't think that had anything to do with Freddie. I think because what he said was he had asked her before if, you know, do you have to die to see God? And because she had told him that his daddy was with God. Yeah. He was in heaven. So he was trying to reach So God. I think that was I think that was strictly just anguished child trying to be with his dad. Like, so he figured if I die, then God will have to take me and I can be with daddy. And I, so I don't think it had anything to do with Freddie. I think it was just his reaction to his death, his dad's death. Oh, all right. See, I, I don't remember him saying that to his mother. So I, that's I'm, I'm missing the the precursor to the uh, to that. Okay. Yeah. And I was getting tired in the first half, so my bad. So Nancy goes to sleep, and Freddie comes to her in a dream. So that's cool. She's actually in bed, <clears throat> and he chases her around the house. And I really don't remember. Oh, the earthquake stops him or something like that, right? Another earthquake. But it wasn't real this time, right? Yeah, he slashes her. Yeah. And it, she wakes up from an earthquake, but it wasn't real because when the girl bandages up the slashes that Freddie gave her in that encounter, she said, it was from the fucking earthquake, you bitch. And she goes, there was no earthquake, honey. Or no, those look fresh, though. Yeah. That part, I didn't quite get why there would be an earthquake. Wait, I, I I wasn't sure about that yeah. myself. And you know what I don't get? How does Nancy see all of these kills? Like, she dreams about these kills? 
and sees them all. Like, she saw the two prop guys get killed in the beginning of the movie in her dream. She saw her husband get killed on the ride home and then woke up and knew why the cops were there. Like, how does this happen? The only thing I can think of as far as that goes is when Wes tells her that in order for Freddy to get out into the real world, he's going to have to get past her. Like, because she, and she's like, but I'm not Nancy. Uh, you know, that, that's Nancy. I'm not Nancy. I'm Heather. And he's like, but you're the one who gave Nancy her strength. And I'm guessing that because she is basically the portal um, or the, the gatekeeper or whatever, as far as Freddy is concerned from dream world to real world, that is why. Wow. That's the best I got. Yeah, and, and I agree. And I understand what Wes is saying when she goes and visits with them and everything else. I understand what Wes is saying, but I just think it's weak. I, I don't like the explanations he gives. I guess that's well, why it I, fails. I can see that, you know. Yeah, it's just like they they almost got it. Uh, so many good ideas. They just weren't, I don't know. They, they just didn't follow through with me. I don't know. Hmm. Well, who who did it best? The kid tying the fing- the knives to his fingers or the nurse when she did that? Who had the best fake Freddy hand? The nurse. I, I like the kids, man. He's going to get his own mother. I actually do like that scene. I think it's really tense because he gets really fucking close to her with that swipe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um. Little bitch. And at the, when Brian, when we saw that, Brian's like, not a five year old. You know, like, oh my God. And like, it shouldn't be scary because it's a five year old. I'm like, yeah, dude, but that's a five year old with knives taped to his fingers. And he got dangerously close when he swiped at her. I thought that was a really nicely done scene and uh, very tense. Yeah, most five year olds. How about that? Dylan runs across the most busy highway on the planet. And he's fine. And Cage just tries to get a ball in front of his house, and he gets creamed by a truck. Oh, it's so funny that you said that, because when we were watching this, I was like, oh, look, Miko Hughes finally gets to cross the street without getting hit by a truck. Yeah. (laughs) What? That's the same kid? Yeah. Holy fuck. (laughs) First, he can't avoid one fucking truck. Then he avoids a hundred. Well, he was much younger then. He didn't have as much experience. Right. <laughs> and you didn't have that little edge of Freddy picking him up with a finger knife. <laughs> wow, he was so much better of an actor when he was a baby. Oh, shit. Don't say that. He was oh, great. I to play with you. Yeah. And when he says, no fair, he does that fucking collapse. No fair, no fair. I love that kid. That look yeah. on his face is adorable when he's pouty. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> it almost makes me tear up. It's fucking very sad that sequence. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that kid is so adorable. I would, I'd raise him as my own, even when he dug back up and came back. <laughs> Definitely, I don't care. Isn't it weird that we reference Pet Cemetery also, and then? Yes. Yeah. That was. I up. thought you did it on purpose. Now, when it came to me, no. Wow. When you know, he talked about it when he spit the puke on the mom, and he's in the hospital. The kid. He does the old thing where they give him a sleeping pill, and then he stuffs it in his cheek, and they drink the water, and then he, they all leave, and he go. A kid could apparently couldn't find the pill in his mouth. It took him a half hour to get it out of there. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm surprised he didn't fall asleep just during the, the process it took to get it out. He pulls it out, and then he just closes his eyes anyway and lays down. Like, yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> like, what's the point of that? Right. 
<laughs> Just take the pill if you don't care about falling asleep. <laughs> so now, funny. do you see a child that age hatching that plan, though? Like, Dave, do you see Francesca thinking, oh, I'm going to take out this sleeping pill and hide it under my pillow so I don't fall asleep? Or would a child that age just take whatever the nurse gave them because they told them to? Um, I could see... No, Francesca, I could definitely see her faking it. Yeah, because, yeah, she would do that. I don't think about thinking that deep to give it to mom later, but, yeah, I could see her bullshitting. She's, yeah, she would do something like that. If she didn't want to take it, I could see her faking it. Yeah, I call bullshit on that. He planned to give it to mom later. That is crazy. Yeah, that's a little too much thinking. And how old is this kid? Five? Yeah. Um, Yeah, Yeah, I think that's a little too much for such deep thought. Dude, when I was five, I was pissing in my shoebox in my room so I didn't have to walk to the toilet bowl. (laughs) Here's the thing. When Nancy and Wes Craven go talking in his millionaire uh, Tony Stark home, he's telling her this stuff. I think it's established that he's writing these things or something to her or something like that. And she doesn't seem... And she, she says, like, you're... I forget, like, what I established or what was established in the movie, but... I don't understand why she isn't pissed at Wes Craven for killing off her husband and making her son go crazy. Like, she doesn't say, you asshole, so you're making this happen? And and all this shit, nothing. He's not even accountable and she's not mad about it. Nothing. Wow. (laughs) I never even thought that. Holy fuck, man. I think I'm right. When we go back, if you ever go back, I know, Dave, you don't look like you're going to, but if anybody goes back to watch this, see at that point when... They're talking, and then at the end, the camera goes to, and they just said everything they said to each other on the screen. I think at that point, she knows that he's writing this, and then all that happened, but uh, she's not mad at him about it. So that's kind of weird. And how about that? When it says fade to black, and the camera goes black, and, you know, they just got done saying these lines, and he says, if you're willing to play Nancy one last time. How did Wes Craven memorize all his lines when he was talking to Nancy? Ooh, good question. Like, to make sure he gets it all right for what he wrote in the script. So do you think when Nancy gets this... Oh, Nancy. I guess I'm right then. Do you think when she gets this gray streak in her hair, is that the exact moment that the movie starts? If if you know what I mean? Because she becomes Nancy because her dad talks to her like she's Nancy. So is... Not yet, though. He doesn't. First, remember that whole fucking ridiculous sequence. That, that doesn't happen until midway through their conversation for no reason. Remember? She's the one that sees oh, him. Midway. Yeah, dude. Midway through their conversation. When she sees John Saxon, everything was normal. Then all of a sudden, she says, hey. First, he calls her Heather. 30 seconds later, he calls her Nancy. <laughs> so that made no fucking sense at all. Why they even got to that house made no sense at all. Whose house was it? And if it wasn't Heather's <laughs> house, why was fucking Dylan's bedroom in that house? Nonsense. Another. Was she not dreaming at that time? You think she was dreaming when she was chasing her son in the street and when he yeah. was sleepwalking? I don't know. It's another fucked up climax like the last three movies. It's nonsense. <laughs> I'm lost. I really am lost. <laughs> Freddy, the character of Freddy is so different. <clears throat> he He's not a goofball. He's not kidding around. Uh, his one-liners are are more along the lines of like, "Come save your son" or whatever. Uh, and to, to this point, actually, 
and you barely see Freddy at all, which I thought was really good. Yes, I end. like that. Yeah. Agree. But then he gives this one-liner that is the most bizarre fail of anything I've I, I cannot even believe that this was the line, if any, that they gave him. He's he's killing the babysitter, the blonde bitch, and he's dragging her up the wall, up the ceiling, just like Tina. And then he just stops and crawls over and looks at Dylan and says, Hey, ever play Skin the Cat? Yeah. And then he goes back to the babysitter and does nothing like skin her or anything. And does nothing that has anything to do with, with whatever he just said. And then just kills her and she falls on the floor. I, I'm just waiting. Like, I'm looking. I'm like, wow, does he skin her or something? Like, what is he referring to right now? And nothing. It didn't fit in at all. No sense. Nonsense. It wasn't he, funny. It didn't no. make any, It didn't fit anything. What was the point of that? He should have said something like, hey, you ever see a grown man naked? <laughs> 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 that would have been much funnier, you know? Say that, Dave, you pedophile. They're right. <laughs> That's all you think about, man. Little kids and men. And What is a strange obsession with sex? And Dave's wearing a trench coat like Freddy, <laughs> flashing guys, flashing kids. <laughs> I thought Matt was the pedophile. Not all fuck. No, no. Hey, I think I'm still clear of that. And for now. And Dave has this big van that says free candy on the side. <laughs> it's just really weird. Uh, so... Yeah, the the Dylan Highway thing comes after that. Uh, the dad is, uh, like we said, he's calling her Nancy now, and he's back on the force. I guess he's no longer a security guard. And that is also, th- that also completely falls apart again, because in the movie world, part three happened, and both the dad and Nancy are dead. Dead, right. How could they be anything in the movie world? They're dead. This is still... Whoever said it was just from part one? Nobody. Wes Craven even referenced that Freddy is dead. He even said, will we stop making the movies? He didn't say, oh, we're just, we only did one of them. So what do you mean come back? I know you've, you haven't done this in ten years. He didn't say nothing like that. Like, they're not ignoring these. So how is Nancy alive? Even if this was coming back to player one last time, how would that happen? Well, that's a good question. I said this, I actually forgot about Nancy being dead, but I did remember John Saxon's character being dead. And when he told Nancy, fuck, when he told Heather, Freddie is dead and gone, I said, and so are you by this point. (laughs) 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 Because her father had gotten killed. Um, So was she. In the same way she did. I just forgot that she got killed. They're all dead. They're all dead. They're all dead. dead. (laughs) They'll kill you too. Oh, I'm not afraid. I'm just a killer cook. (laughs) <laughs> it's okay i'm the killer cook I, i'm the one doing it so come on yeah and how about when the they turn around or not or whatever but the house becomes 1428 elm street we're right back the movie is back to a regular nightmare in elm street and the fucking door is blue they so that would lead one to believe that could be the answer to our question are they literally Trying to act like it is just after part one because that door became Look at her red. Pajamas. Oh, her pajamas are the same, right? Right. I think I. I mean, I think basically Wes is saying fuck all those other movies. <laughs> I mean, he didn't actually say that they didn't happen. I mean, and he sort of and it was sort of alluded to that 
that there had been sequels and it would actually, well, it was stated that there had been a lot of sequels and, you know, like during the television interview and all of that. So they did exist. Right. He acknowledged their existence. But I think from his filmmaking point of view, or like from his point of view, he was only going on the film that he had made. But didn't he make part three or write it or something? I don't remember. We I know we talked about it at the time, and <laughs> we don't even remember our own. We don't. Retro. We don't know what the answer was. We discussed it, but it wasn't. Um, we weren't able to figure it out when we were doing the recording. Yeah, I thought that his script was scrapped, but it, he was credited for it, though. Oh, I yeah, I think I ended up saying I thought that they used part of it and then retooled it or something. But um, retool, I'll retool you. You exactly. Oh, I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> we all had on the brain. Awesome. <laughs> oh, I love this reference stuff. Um, <laughs> get me somebody while I'm waiting. <laughs> Anybody. <laughs> get me somebody while I'm waiting. <laughs> <laughs> so even though they had been acknowledged throughout the film, it does just what we see as far as like her pajamas and the house and her father and all that looks like they're only going by the first movie. This could be linear straight from part one. I don't know why they would do that. I think it's stupid. I don't think it plays into the whole thing where, well, now that we're not making movies anymore, uh, now Freddy's back. Because it wouldn't have taken ten years for him to be back. It would have happened ten years ago after part one if that's all they did. So You're right about that. Yeah, it's, that's stupid. But real quick before we get back to the movie, just a generalization. You know, as I'm watching this movie, it's weird. This movie is more than 20 years old yet it still seems new to me like the same way scream seems new to me i agree with that completely why and I, feel, I feel the same way i don't know I, I think it's when you reach adulthood right everything seems different now everything's everything is different like it time slows down or something you know it's like whenever somebody asked me i still think it's like 2,000-something. I mean, it is. It's 2015. But <laughs> you what mean like I mean 200 is, something I still think the 1990s were like 10 years ago. Right. I you know agree. what I mean? It, it, um, it, it, I get all messed up by the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, it's weird to find out how old these movies are already. Yeah. I mean, to me, it scream... It's like someone says something about, you know, remaking Scream, or I'm like, what are you talking about? Scream is only... <laughs> Oh, fuck, it's almost 20 years old. Right. It doesn't seem that way. It really doesn't. And I, the only thing I can figure is that that's, that's just what happens when you're grown. I mean, it just things things are different. Well, it's, it's shocking. It's jarring to hear how long ago some people died. Like, Michael Jackson died six years ago. I know. I, th I saw that the other day, and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I felt like it was two years ago. Right. Doesn't everybody feel that way? I mean, every, you guys listening, don't you feel like that was two fucking years ago? That was three times as long as that. That is insane. So, I, yeah, you're right. I guess when you reach a certain age and movies come out, they don't seem that old. Yeah, it's just it's weird. I also don't think it looks that old. You know, I, th I, think, I think it looks like, okay... Pretty much anything, like if you look at a movie from the 80s, or like say for instance, look at Nancy, how her hair was in part three. That is crazy big hair. You can't, I can't picture anyone walking around with hair like that right now. But I could picture someone looking how she looks in this movie now. It's more contemporary. 
<laughs> you know, it's weird because <clears throat> once you got to the 90s, people stopped being so outrageous. And if you even look at styles in general, fucking jeans became like okay and cool and acceptable and that never stopped you know there were so many phases that people went through uh earlier on like we saw in the abbott costello movie everybody wore suits then you get to like the 60s and everybody was with the bell bottoms and the then you get to the polyester era and then you get to you know whatever they wore Mm -hmm. in the 80s with the sweatpants half the time and then mid 80s to 90s you get to the jeans and that never went anywhere just kind of stop. Well, how long have guys been wearing their their like busting a droop with their jeans? Oh, that's been going on since like 1992 or something. Yeah, man. I mean that that never went away. Right. It just stopped. Everything just stopped. We stopped moving forward with with fashion in a, in a weird. It's way. It's like sometimes I don't even know how to tell the different. Like some things just look exactly the same as they did. You know, there was a different. There's a definite delineation, like in the 80s. You know. But and even in the early '90s, but then it's like you get into the late '90s, '94, and, and that's it. So you could walk in; someone could walk in wearing something from 2001. I don't know if I would know the difference. Yeah, '94, you wouldn't know the difference, probably. Well, shit! Didn't you guys see Jason X? What what what, what year did that take in? Take place in? That was a uh, twin. 2045 20, or something. 2045, 2072, 20, I don't know. So. There you go. You see how those kids were dressed like 2000. Yeah, but so. we, we're supposed to be dressed like the guys from Back to the Future 2 right now. Yeah, we're also supposed to be floating around on fucking hoverboards. Yeah, nothing yeah. happened. Our, we still drive regular cars. It's supposed to be the Jetsons, man. We're, yeah. we're stuck in the fucking Jeffersons. <laughs> so, Nancy, we talked about how she has the uh, chase bed where you lift up a sheet and there's a pill under it every time. So she keeps popping pills <laughs> and she goes down, down into the feet of the bed, but it goes on forever because now she's dreaming. She slides down and then she comes now. Here's the big question because in the documentary, confused me. They acted like this face that you fall out of, of Freddy's face and this water area, they acted like, oh, he had this great idea to make this and that and the other thing. Wasn't this the exact thing from part four or five? When, wh- whichever one that the girl th- shot her powers into the other girl, four, I guess. Isn't that where they were? Didn't they come out of a uh, Freddy face and land in water? Like, am I going crazy? Remember some landing in water? I don't know. I don't know if I remember a Freddy face or not. Really? I remember a Freddy face. That doesn't mean it didn't happen. That just means that I didn't retain that movie because it sucked. Right. But um <laughs> I didn't see a Freddy face in this movie, so Oh my oh, well. god. <laughs> I saw and you know what it reminded me of really was the Candyman face. Um yeah. Oh yeah, painted on the fucking when they yeah. go into the, into the ghetto and the, the dilapidated hotel. Yeah. yeah. Oh that's sweet, yeah. God I hate that movie. Now we're in the dream world, but Freddy seems truly affected by these things. Know how in all these other movies these assholes punch and kick them and do whatever they want to him. And even in Freddy's Dead, you shoot him with a goddamn arrow and throw ninja stars and knives through his body and snap his hand in half, but he just laughs it off, snaps his hand back to normal, pulls the stuff out, and, you know, seems like he's going to go back after his daughter in the real world. Now, in this dream world, the kid stabs him in the leg and he's, like, limping the rest of this whole thing. And Why? Why did why did the injuries inflicted at this point mean so much to Freddy? That is just so weird. Different Freddy? 
I guess. I don't I mean, know. I mean, yeah, you know, I, I don't... Whatever happened to, like, looking down at the hole in your body and it just snaps back to normal? What about all that? Or chopping right. your fingers off and then they're just there again. I, I don't know. So, uh, you get the call back with the marshmallow stairs again. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, um, yeah. Then you get to this strange thing where Freddy's in, a, like, a broiler and he has the kid, runs into it, goes in the corner, and Freddy, even though he could do whatever he wants only lets his arms stretch out to a certain point. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm watching here. And I don't... Right. Why is he even hindered by a opening of a door? Like, it's just... It's just you would think... I thought he was... Because he looked around at it, and I thought he was going to put his hands and pull it wider. Like, uh, he did to that chalkboard in part six. Freddy's dead. I thought he would do something like that, but no. He didn't have any control here. It seemed like he was at the mercy of everything like everybody else. Isn't he behind bars at one point? That part, I guess, yeah. Is that the part he's yeah. behind bars? Mm -hmm. So he's able to fucking stretch out his arm, but no other parts of his body are flexible. No, well, and, his tongue is flexible. He, right, and his tongue, he does it. He shoots that out and wraps it around Nancy, yet he couldn't grab the kid. I don't even understand. Why didn't he use his tongue to get the kid over? What the fuck am I watching? Yeah, it's just weird. <laughs> It was just really <laughs> strange choices. How does he die? Can I ask you this? Now, from my... I just watched it today, but I was so out of it towards the end, I just didn't give a fuck anymore. I just wanted it to end. I was... Does the kid stab Freddy's tongue, and that's fucking the, the demise of Freddy? No. That's worse than pissing a fucking... To bring him back. He does stab his tongue, yes, but then they push him into the fire. Right. Like, like the witch in Hansel and Gretel. The whole thing was like a parallel to Hansel. Oh, right. Now, he did play on that. Okay. But look, I'm sorry, man. Damn. It just wasn't that crazy and extravagant for such a, a movie with such thought put into it. You would think, you know, guys, we did an awesome job at finding a way to make another Freddy movie that works and that's good again and believable again and whatever you know it took to make it good or whatever and whatever everything else lost so so let's this is the ending now what are we gonna do oh well i'll just use a children's uh, fable and uh i'll just have him push him into an oven okay but okay i'll even take that as the very end of it but what about every the whole big ending oh i'll just uh run around and freddie will pop up here and there um Nancy will curse him off, punch him, kick him, and uh, then the kid will jump into the furnace. Freddy will try to grab him. Then Nancy will just come around. I'll wrap my, his tongue around him, and then the kid will stab it, and then we'll push him in. Really? That's it? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And this is the dream world that we're in. Yeah, it's, it's the dream world. So what about all these gr crazy great effects? I mean, goddamn... At the end of part four, what about that fucking amazing ending where all the things came out of him, grabbed grabbed everywhere? And just, uh, the, the, no, we're just going to push him in the oven. <laughs> okay. That's what everybody is looking for in A Nightmare on Elm Street. That's, that's what you think this great, intelligent movie should end this way. Seriously. Did they just run out of time? Did they run out of ideas? I don't understand this ending here. I didn't have a problem with that. I... I to me, it, you know, he'd been doing the whole Hansel and Gretel thing the entire time, so I thought it made sense for him to finish it out that way. Well, that, like I said, it's fine to push him in the oven, though. But yeah. what about the grand ending, the grand finale? Uh, 
I don't know what you would... What do you want him to do? Well, I don't have time right now to just come up with it, but... I don't Hell, know. even what they did in stupid-ass fucking part five and six, even though it was stupid, looked like more of a final destruction. Right, that's what I'm saying. Right? That's what you're getting at. Yeah, it was fucking executed, even though that was shit, but in my opinion, you right. know... It seemed like an ending. Yeah, they Yeah, did. but that was a theatrical... Th- I mean, that was a movie. This is... No, this is a movie now. It is... No, it is a movie. She's Nancy yeah. now. You know, we... I don't know. It's fucked up. It just didn't... It had no umph to it. Just, like, stalled out or something. I because I... it's not intelligent. It masquerades itself as an intelligent no, movie. Everybody I buys don't... into the fact that it is. But let me ask you ten questions, and you're going to all say, Oh, I don't know. That's not an intelligent <laughs> movie. I'm <Jesus> sorry. <laughs> I thought it was really exciting... I also think that's helped by the score, which I absolutely love in this film, which I meant to bring up earlier and I forgot. But I do absolutely love the score of this movie. I don't know. I really love it. I'm totally happy with this movie. It was an hour and 52 minutes long. And another one. It only Really? I didn't 90. realize it was that long. Oh, I fucking did. I fell asleep for an hour. Then I had to go back and watch 52 more minutes. I was fucking <laughs> Yeah, to done. him, it's like he thought he was almost done with it. <laughs> yes. yeah, I, I thought I was watching fucking Titanic. I was like, what the fuck? See, to me, this movie flies by. I had no idea it was that long. Not yeah. I think it should have been 90 minutes. Honestly, they could have cut a well, lot of I would have been upset. I, I like it the length it is. I have an even bigger question. How... Can Wes Craven fucking bend reality? That's yeah. what he's doing. That's what the moral of the story is at the end. Wes Craven wrote this whole fucking thing. He just decided to bend reality, and he did, and everyone just accepts it. Wait, how are you asking that? I don't understand how you're asking it. Do you know what he means, Jamie? I, I think what he's saying is, how is it that Wes Craven can write a script and suddenly every part of that is it has come to life? Right. He's bending reality just by putting it on a piece of paper. That's what this movie really is. It's like we said, part one is one big dream. New Nightmare is fucking Wes Craven sitting down and writing a fucking script. And everything that happens comes to life in, in the real world, so to speak. Yeah, right. Like, how could he kill her husband? And How could he do all of this? Make her son go crazy. Right. He even predicts what he what the last line of the movie is going to be with the, the girl. To, and, and they're reading it as it happens. And like I said, how did, how did he memorize his own lines? By the time he walked over to his computer, <laughs> and then he said, if you're willing to play Nancy one last time. could be. I mean, and like I said, there were times when I was watching it last night going, how is that happening? But then at the same time, I'm going, I don't fucking care. I love this movie. So um, it, it's, it's like if I were to really sit down and try to make it make sense, I couldn't. And, and I know that. But at the same time, I think it's a, such an enjoyable watch. Or it is for me. I mean, I've seen this one more than any of them, even more than the first one, because this was the first one that I owned. Well, Robert England says this is his favorite one. Yeah. I don't believe that for a minute. Why? You know what? Because he, he, he did the least amount of work in it. <laughs> I was going to say that's why I don't believe in it, though. <laughs> it's an easy payday. <laughs> I was going to say I don't believe in it because he's barely in the goddamn movie. That's why it's his favorite. Wouldn't it be your favorite? You got paid a lot of money. You did half the fucking work. Yeah, it's my favorite. He probably got paid the most out of all these movies in that one. I wouldn't doubt it. It's nineteen ninety. It's nineteen ninety four, and you know the economy is up at the time. Oh yeah, it's booming, and it it's actually Freddy vs. Jason. He may have been paid more if he. Oh yeah, yeah, he did.
This is Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com with all the skinfo from the latest movies. Nude on Blu-ray, it's season three of the hit Netflix series, House of Cards. This season not only brought us a great nude scene from Kim Dickens, it also gave us the nude debut of the seriously sexy Olivia Lucardi. House of Cards will take you to the House of Hard. This is the Mr. Skin Minute. Also nude on Blu-ray, Zoe Kravitz makes her new debut in The Road Within. The daughter of Lenny Kravitz and Lisa Bonet will give you a Bonet when she flashes her fun bags after betting a dude in the tall grass. The Road Within will unleash your load within. Nude on HBO, the football series Ballers is proving to be a great source of nudity. On the series' third episode, Taylor Rodenbaugh goes topless during a yacht orgy and even lets some guys do coke off her boobs. When it comes to nudity, Ballers doesn't blow. MrSkin.com Fast forwarding to the good parts. So, rating time, guys. Well, I gotta tell you, guys, uh, watching this again last night, just sort of reaffirmed that this is my favorite of the series and that includes what? one it is i absolutely love this film so uh it's a five you like this more than part three i do yeah an 80s height of a franchise well i mean i just think it's a better movie too but i have also seen it a lot more i love it a lot i just love it. I have a deep, deep love for this movie. Can't help it. Wow. Alright. Dave Z, man. Whew, I almost feel bad right now. No, I mean, it, you, you feel what you feel. I don't care. I know. I know. I'm just saying. The things I'm going to say are, you know, not flattering. Um, here's what I'm thinking. It's like I, I said before. It. What's that? I said I didn't make it. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. I think that a lot of people look at this movie with fucking rose-colored glasses. I think that because they changed it up and did something different, everyone wanted something different. Yes, yes, we did get that, and that's good, but I was hoping it was going to be different and good, and it's it's a great novelty. It really is. It's just that... Are you going to throw up? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, That's my rating. No, it's not. It's not that bad. (laughs) (laughs) Novelty doesn't really equate to quality for me. It just, I wish it did. I'm lost. I think it tries to be intelligent, but it's more questions than answers. And I was really disappointed because I I had a fond memory. I I remember this being the one that brought it back. And I guess that's the gimmick. That's the novelty. They're bringing it back. Yo, 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 yo. They're bringing (laughs) in the old crew. They're taking Freddy out of all that comedy bullshit and doing something different. That sounds great on paper. That's a great sell. But then, I guess the first two times I was just wooed by that. But this time, just watching it as a regular movie, I was like amazed at how much it ended up being like the fucking parts four through six and and being confusing and not making sense. And, you know, just because it's complicated. It's like what they said with fucking South Park. When South Park talked about that movie Inception, they were basically ripping on it saying... Just because it's complicated doesn't mean it's cool. Because a lot of people hold that movie in high regard. It's just a clusterfuck. But it's kind of the same thing to me. I just... I wish I loved it. I wanted to like it more. I fully intended on coming in here today and, you know, saying this is a four-star movie or something. But after watching it, I can't even give it fucking three. I, I gotta give it two and a half stars. Wow. Very disappointed. Amazing. 
I never thought I'd hear that. I didn't think I was going to... If you asked me yesterday before I watched it, I never would have thought that either. All right, well, so my feelings on Wes Craven's A New Nightmare. It's, uh, I, I think they did a really good job. I think it was smart. There are things that are unexplainable, and it, they don't gel for that reason. And then, you know, you'd have to come up with the reason, oh, well, it's because it's different rules here. Well, okay, well, what does that mean, though? And then the fight with him and, and her wasn't as this epic showdown I was hoping for, especially with who they are. Uh, I thought it would be, like, better. So I give it a, a 3.5 out of 5. I almost really like it. So, yeah, I think it was uh, cool. Good way to go. I definitely don't think another regular Freddy movie would have worked. And I think uh, it's, he'd be played out by then. And I'm glad that we didn't get any one-liners besides, Hey, kid, did you ever skin a cat? <laughs> one was clearly enough. That was bad enough that he didn't have to do any more one-liners. So. It's, it, <laughs> sorry. What? It's not, did you ever skin a cat? It's, did you ever play skin the cat? Oh, yeah, which right. is two completely different things. <laughs> Alright, so there you go, guys. So we'll be back next week to wrap up this long, treacherous journey through nightmares called A Nightmare on Elm Street Retrospective from the Skeleton Crew. So, see you next week for the remake. Later, guys. Bye. See you. See you next week as the Skeleton Crew's A Nightmare on Elm Street Retrospective continues. Same bedtime. Same dead channel. <laughs> Yeah.